it's gotten interesting for the University of Lynchburg baseball team. They lost their first game today. Fell down early, 4-0, but got a run in the first inning and then got a two-run home run from Ben Jones in the second inning to tie the game at four. And yes, Jack Batchmore, the closer. That's right. On early for the University of Lynchburg. And I mean, look, we're at that point, obviously, when this is literally the final game of the season where, as the cliches often go, the final game of the season, all hands on deck, anything goes within reason. Um, I mean, you're kind of there right now for this baseball team. And now they're in a dogfight against Johns Hopkins, which, you know, I think in a dream scenario, obviously you win game two. And we're sitting here talking about the University of Lynchburg Hornets uh, as we start live in the fast lane at 5.04 p.m. on Thursday, June 8th. We're talking about them having won the second game in the best two out of three series. You can specific there. Well, I'm doing it for the listeners at Fastlane Ed Lane on the podcast feed when they listen back later to know why it's timestamped the way that it is because, well, this is also live radio. And the University of Lynchburg right now, they're in, a, in this spot, and we see it in Game 7, and it's kind of where you probably realistically should have expected this series to go because you had a Johns Hopkins team that ran into a Lynchburg Hornet squad that had played extremely well. When you have, you know, of the games so far... Out in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, three out of the four complete game starting efforts. Another one from Zach Potts entering today. It's, I mean, desirable that you sustain that, but realistically, you're probably going to encounter some patch of adversity along the way. I think the biggest telltale for me is the Hornets fall down early in game three today, coming off the loss earlier, and it's an easy time to sit there and go, "Uh uh-oh, it's all about to unravel. And who knows how this thing is going to go as Trey is feverishly typing something that you're hearing in the background. But I, I do research. I try to, you know. I mean, you're you're researching on the fly, and I'm sure it'll pop up at some point. But we heard this keyboard pounding. I used my old laptop today, and so I forgot how loud it was compared to my... So, I, you know, it's a different rhythm. You know, Trey's uh, trying to grace us with background sound effects, apparently, today in the fast lane. But the My apologies, Ed. I'm sorry. You know, it's all for the listeners, particularly when they listen at fast lane, Ed Lane. However, you listen to podcasts because you can start to hear that stuff uh, with pretty good clarity when you listen back to that. But, you know, I, I, it's not a shock that the University of Lynchburg baseball team has responded well to adversity because they've done it throughout the year. And there are plenty of examples in the postseason. I think there's the human element, though, that you have to take into account here. You entered today believing, hey, we win game two, we win the College World Series. It doesn't go that way. In fact, a slim early lead. Then Johns Hopkins takes over. Eventually, it was 7-3 to three for a good chunk and ends up being an 11-6 to six victory for the Blue Jays. Uh, those things are going to happen in sports and in baseball where it doesn't always go your way all the time. Realistically, it's why, you know, a bigger picture in sports, it is so difficult to complete an entire season of anything undefeated. And for the most part, you don't get that. Sometimes, baseball, hockey, and basketball in the professional level, the season is just so egregiously long that, I mean, teams are well aware that's not going to happen. Heck, even in college basketball, it's very rare you've gotten to that point. But even when you do, that's what makes it so hard. Indiana, 1979, I believe, the last time somebody has gone undefeated in men's basketball. Uh, you know, and not to say that Lynchburg baseball was ever getting close to that, but it's the bigger picture takeaway. What are you going to do and what do you have to fall back on when adversity hits? And you're going to experience it in a battle, 
But what about when you've lost? And then how do you respond from that? Especially with a quick turnaround like Lynchburg baseball, which if anything, maybe it's a better thing. You don't think. You just have to go back out there and, not, not, not literally speaking, but proverbially focus, dig deep, fight your way through whatever struggles contributed to your earlier loss today. And that's the reality for Lynchburg. And now, you know, hey, they're in it 4-4 four, four, uh, through three innings of play. If you're Lynchburg, you take it. If anybody told you entering, heck, entering the College World Series, you'd be in this spot. Heck, even I'd say in the best two of three College World Series championship round, that you'd be fine with that. And who knows how long the closer, Jack Batchmore, is going to go when you're getting an outing from him. Uh, but the longer you can ride him, the more you can go to other arms. And again, it, this is, if anything, it's a blessing for the University of Lynchburg to be in this spot. Just because if you're talking about Division One programs, and certainly the higher up you go, there's the whole innings count situation that pops up. With all due respect to the University of Lynchburg and Johns Hopkins, one of the cool things about getting their best effort in a series like this is there's not the whole pitch count situation that is likely to be there for seniors. With all due respect, most of these guys are not going to be going pro in something sports-related, unless it's sports marketing or sports broadcasting or something in that regard. But they're not going to be literally going pro in sports. That's what makes it kind of cool that, you know, both teams can literally leave it all out there today and may the best team get the victory. Speaking of victories, you can always feel victorious when you shop at InsaneRadioDeals.com. Great specials await you. Star City Half Marathon in 10K experiences. Maybe you want to take in some baseball yourself. Lynchburg Hillcats general admission seats with a $10 food voucher set to go to the game next Wednesday. Stoked to be able to head out there for a little bit of time uh, at the ballpark at City Stadium next Wednesday. Maybe you want to golf. I don't know how uh, wow. advisable that so is with the you weather. Didn't, didn't didn't be like, hey, Trey, you want to go to the baseball game on Wednesday? It's a business leads function with Lynchburg Business Leads. It's a group within whom I'm affiliated. So, um, I mean, I guess theoretically you could go, but if I've got one ticket, my wife's going to go because we don't do very much, and our kids are going to be in Bible school next Monday through Thursday evening. So we've actually got a little bit of time while that's taking place. Fine. You get a pass. Sorry, Trey. Just kind of is what it is. Anyway, InsaneRadioDeals.com. Shop 24-7 and experience so many great things at InsaneRadioDeals.com. Now, we'll pivot away from baseball for a moment and a little NASCAR before Mike Neff, Trey's FrenchStretch.com colleague, joins us around 5.30 because it's time to get into the weeds. Let's get into the weed. <coughs> Smoke weed every day. Excuse me. Let's get into the weeds where we take a dive into different sports topics here on the Fast Lane. So there are a couple of NASCAR-related nuggets as far as getting into the weeds. One of them is this. When you're winning, everyone seems happy and jovial. That's why it's not really a shock that Richard Childress, the owner of Richard Childress Racing, the organization for whom Kyle Busch drives his car in the NASCAR Cup Series, has said there are no issues with Kyle Busch to this point that have popped up in terms of attitude that people have referenced and pretty much know relative to Kyle Busch in his past. Kyle has been uh, really, I mean, he's such a you know, pleasure to work with. You know, everybody said, man, how y'all going to get along? Same question they asked me about. You and Dale won't last six months. We lasted 20 years. 
I want to keep Kyle there, and hopefully we can end his career when he gets ready to. Well, I'll bet you $20 that it won't be 20 years. How long do you think it'll be, Trey? Kyle hmm. Bush. Five to eight, if probably. He's what, 30? He's in his 40s. I think he's 37, 38. Yeah, he's 38. Good job. So if you want to say 45 is the limit, that's seven years. I think somebody may have discussed that, by the way, on the French Stretch Happy Hour podcast, the Kyle Bush age. So I think I remember that we part did, a little bit earlier. We did talk about but that is Kyle, point, who's that, winning the breakup. Clearly, you weren't the one who brought up the age part, at least specifically. Uh, but if There's you wanna, too many numbers this week, Ed. There's been too many numbers. Trey, I know it's hard, but we're demanding excellence because we know you produce it at frontstretch.com. Well, I could make a joke about uh, some recent uh, mishaps, but... Um, that I may or may not have made. Hey, if people didn't see it, does it mean it happened or not? Well, until I get home today, you can still see it. Um, but I saw it earlier, in fact. But that point aside, Trey. That's in- inside baseball. Here's the thing, though. Kyle Bush, you know, okay, he's he, not going to be 20 years. But when you're winning races, and Kyle Bush has won three races so far to start this season, is he the dominant car throughout the year? No. But he's been up there. He's, he's checkers or wreckers. I mean, he is, similar, oddly enough, to Kyle Larson. But Kyle Busch right now, that's kind of who he is. And I don't think it's out of the question to sit there and say that this is where that organization has gone. And speaking of checkers or wreckers, as we also get into the weeds on NASCAR here in the fast lane, the benefit for Kyle Busch was that he was near the front of the field the majority of the race this past Sunday at St. Louis and did not have to tax his equipment the way that other drivers did. And it kind of explains a point that Randall Burnett, his crew chief, brought up after the race about the rotor explosion, rotors on brakes exploding and creating issues for lots of cars, but not KFB. Kind of a tough place because the straightaways are so long and you're off the brakes for such a long time, and then it's uh, you're, you apply them really hard at the end of the straightaway. So the, the cycles of getting really cool down the straightaways and then then really spiking up the heat it, it takes a toll on the rotors so um you know when you're we were fortunate enough with the with the eight car you know we were we we're kind of in the top five most all day long and um when you get back further a little bit in the pack too and, and have to work your rotors harder um using brakes racing people a lot harder um you know those things happen so i'm sure uh, everybody will take a look at that and and try to understand what happened with those cars so as we get into the weeds of course on nascar in the fast lane taking a little bit of break from the university of lynchburg baseball team is there in the college world series uh in a game that's tied at three right now in terms of uh their game three winner take all match they lost earlier 11-6 to johns hopkins so now they're in a game three situation tied evenly at four apiece but as it relates to the NASCAR race this past weekend, that was one of the benefits. There were a lot of rotor explosions that created a lot of chaos at St. Louis and contributed to what was a race that already felt a rather clunky from at least my observation watching it and Trey's as well as we discussed earlier this week. Why that is unlikely to translate this weekend, though, when NASCAR heads out to Sonoma is a couple of reasons. One of them being, at the road course in general, you can kind of ride through some of the turns. And you can ride over some of the speed bumps, if you will. Cars have been designed to handle that. And 
the braking package is different and the car setup is different for a place like Sonoma. So I might be off on this trade, but I would be very surprised if this issue pops up at Sonoma this weekend, both because teams will take their data. And this is not just a, you know, Hendrick Motorsports situation, although Kyle Larson opined on that after the race when he spoke, the explosions at, at St. Louis, but manufacturers are going to want to get a grasp on this as well to protect their best interest. You combine that with a different car setup. Um, I, I don't know if the current car is very good for road racing. I'd certainly say That's there's okay. a lot to be desired in terms of the quality of road racing, but it's not going to be because of the brakes that were an issue at St. Louis. Yeah, I think the biggest issue with St. Louis, and I've heard a little bit about this, but they didn't run a short track package in St. Louis. They ran the mile and a half package at St. Louis because St. Louis is technically an over the mile track, and that's why there was like no one saying it's a real comparison to Phoenix because the Phoenix runs the short track package. So I wonder, with a you know, in those mile and a half, they don't really break as much as heavy as they did at St. Louis because St. Louis really drives like a short track. It's flat, you know, it's just got really long straightaways, but it, it, it drives like a short track. If you watch when you were watching that race, so a mini Martinsville, you could argue. Or a bigger, excuse me, a bigger, a way bigger. The other side, bigger Martinsville. I, I would say a bigger Phoenix is probably a better example, just because it's flat. Maybe a little mix of Phoenix and Richmond. Um, but I think that was a bigger issue. Plus, it was a hot day. It was a weird day um, with the stop and starting and everything that went into that. So I, I will add to that as well. But going to Sonoma, uh, you know, the cars will be spread out more. I think. Um, they won't be as heavy on the brakes, even though there'll be more braking because there's more corners. So I, I do agree with you. I would not expect as many brake rotor failures as there was in St. Louis. Are you like, I think only really like the, the only time we saw a lot of brake failures was like what Nashville last year happened. St. Louis, I think had a little, uh, and then Nashville had it. So it's like those concrete tracks seem to be a real issue for this car in terms of brakes for whatever reason. Um, but uh, I, I think for Sonoma, I don't expect the multitude of, uh, of brake failures, um, but I do expect uh, some... So I think this probably produces the best racing. It's either this or Watkins Glen in terms of the road courses. Maybe the Roval just for kind of the craziness. But um, I, I think this will be a good race. I don't think this will be a great race, but I I think that it will be an interesting race. More on that tomorrow in our Votes of Confidence. Trey and I will give our projections for that. But do you need to give your lawn a vote of confidence? Then you need to have the right equipment to be able to go about that mission. And that's why you need to go to Overstreet Ace Hardware, Lakeside Drive in Lynchburg, 221 in Forest, either a location, Ego, Mowers, String Trimmers, and Blowers, in stock. That's battery-powered Ego mowers, string trimmers, and blowers in stock. Plus, steel products as well. Great service and selection that you deserve. All available for you at Overstreet Ace Hardware. Plus, the rental department as well will take care of any large gatherings you may be looking to put together all at Overstreet Ace Hardware. Now, to other topics and back to the diamond in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. So the University of Lynchburg baseball, Johns Hopkins. Lynchburg falling earlier today, 11-6. to However, tying it up after an early deficit, 
for nothing. Ben Jones, two run homer, bottom of the second inning, now through three. Lynchburg has the equalizer, if you will, off the bat of Jones, and they've tied it up at four through three out in Cedar Rapids. And this is game three, so winner wins the College World Series in NCAA Division Three Baseball. Number four. A little bit of news that might be bringing some, uh, I don't know if you call it tears to our own Trey Lyle, but certainly frustration could be the, the cause or the word, if you will. EA Sports, they're coming back and FBS players, 1AA players, will be able to have their names and likenesses in the college football game. However, According to reports that are out there now, the College Football Players Association, gotta love when unions get involved, they are arranging a boycott because the game is only offering $500 to each player. I'll give a little economics thought when it comes to this situation. There are star players in this game, Caleb Williams, Drake May, among others, that if they were not in this game, it would not seem as authentic. But those two players will, won't be in the game because they'll be in the NFL. Correct. Other players, though, will use Arch Manning. There, that's example. a good example. I'll throw that out there. Thank He'll just you, be Trey. QB, whatever number he is. He'll be, He'll be okay with it. And the reality is, is there are a handful of players that could command more than 500 bucks, but the majority of them probably are not worth that much because people are not sitting there worrying about whether the star left tackle for the University of Texas or the star defensive tackle at USC, Bear Alexander, really is listed in the game or not. Star players, perhaps, but the fact the game is back, sure. And if you have to just substitute some creative, uh, whatever it's called, computer-generated bodies without the name, heck, fans will probably still buy the game. Uh, here we go, Union, overplaying your hand on this one. Number three. Meanwhile, it's easy for you to say, Greg Sinke in Washington, D.C., telling league presidents that... He hopes there's no more realignment in this cycle and hopes everybody stays where they are. I welcome everybody to remain and be happy. Well, yeah, easy for you to say now that you plucked Texas and Oklahoma to your conference to strengthen it. I mean, yeah, when it's good for us, we'll expand and grab some folks. But if not, we wanted to just be calm and peaceful and everyone to get along. But we're happy to be the disruptor that obviously throws a wrench into that when it's in our best interest. The reality is, is that's called business. It, it, who cares what Greg Sankey thinks? Yes, obviously he's uh, the chair of the most powerful conference in college football, all day in the Big Ten. But the truth is, is that the Big Ten thinks they can strengthen themselves. They're going to go do it. And that's the reality. It, does it bring us to something in? Number two. I would say no, because while the news has come out today that Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick will be replaced at the end of the 2023-2024 school year, so in about a year, by NBC Sports Group Chairman Pete Bavacqua, Notre Dame's stated mission has been to remain as profitable as possible and competitive as possible while preserving their cherished football independence. I think the move by and large is to bring on a guy in Pete Bavacqua who knows what Notre Dame's values are. Notre Dame obviously carrying the home football games on NBC. Now you've got a guy who has run NBC, who knows about the sports media landscape and can guide that particular process. I think if anything, it's Notre Dame's goal and objective to be as strong as possible without having to join a conference until the very, 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 very last second. Can I just say one interesting thing about this is that if you know Notice some like how 
all these when the commissioners rounds like they they very much hired executives tv executives yeah especially in the big 10 the pac 12 uh the big 12 Notre Dame goes more of a commissioner route than what a typical like AD hire would be, which would be basically either plucking your lieutenant or plucking a high-level AD from another school. So that's that is uh, something that was quite interesting by this hire. Like I feel like Notre Dame is realizing they might have to run themselves like a league, especially in football, than an actual university when it comes to athletics because if they want to maintain this independence. Trey, that's a phenomenal point because. He, here's the, the point that I think is totally worth building upon what you just mentioned. In essence, Notre Dame, by hiring Pete Pavacqua, the NBC Sports Chairman, to replace Jack Swarbrick as the school's athletic director, is basically saying, okay, if the Big 12 is going to ha- hire a TV guy, if the Big 10 is going to hire somebody with league and television experience, we're just going to treat ourselves as our own conference, and we're going to do the exact same thing. How long it lasts, who knows, but clearly it's a sign that Notre Dame seems, in my eyes, to have no desire desire to join the conference despite thoughts to the contrary by some folks out there and number one on the fast five at five ish i would doubt this has any projection or any impact on trey's projections for a nascar cup series race well the nascar cup series race in our votes of confidence tomorrow but we do get to note this uh noah gregson out with a concussion grant in finger to replace him in the cup series race at sonoma this weekend Where that's most noteworthy realistically is you combine that with the data and the fact that NASCAR has said they're trying to make changes to the safety of the car in lieu of the Kyle Larson wreck this past weekend. I think, again, we're realizing this car has got its safety concerns and it's why NASCAR was as forceful as they were with Chase Elliott and his suspension. And, you know, my one thing is the safety concern is not going away in this car. I, I agree with that. I wonder if this is maintains for another week. Obviously, they couldn't do Jimmy Johnson this week because he's in Le Mans in the Garage 56 car. Uh, could Jimmy Johnson be the fill-in next week in Nashville? Or two weeks in Nashville because they have the off week. Obviously, that's a, a good sign for Noah. He has basically two weeks to get ready for Nashville because there's an off week next week. Yeah, the absurdity of being off Father's Day but not Mother's Day. Say what you will about that uh, in NASCAR. And again, this is from someone who loves women's sports and values it. But if you're telling me which uh, day my wife would rather have no NASCAR, she'd probably rather have no NASCAR on Mother's Day to focus on what she wants, often getting the kids out of the house as opposed to anything else. And, and number four, there is your Fast Five at 5 There is the Fast 5 at 5-ish, despite my poor clicking skills. When we return in the Fast Lane, there's the insight, and it's coming. From Mike Neff, FrontStretch.com OG. Joins us in the Fast Lane after this, and the latest with wherever things are with Lynchburg Baseball in the winner-take-all Game 3 of the Division 3 College World Series Championship Round.